Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Okay, so my three favorite saints. It's so hard to pick. I'm going to do these two first uh, as a sort of separate category. So Mary and Joseph, right, the Holy Family. I, I'm bracketing them, not in my list of three, because they're like my my ultimate two. Um, I have such a devotion to the Holy Family. I spend, in my own prayer, imaginatively, I spend so much time with them in their house at Nazareth. I, I receive so much love and tenderness from from Mary. Uh I received so much fathering and kindness and affirmation from Joseph. Like, I know what Mary's hair smells like in my prayer. I know what Joseph's beard feels like. I know, like, the coarseness of their garments. I know what his workshop looks like. Just, I spend so much time with them in my own prayer. So, they're like a separate category of saints for me. But, uh, okay, but, like, top three. I'm going to go with John Paul II, so Pope St. John Paul II, Therese of Lisieux, and Padre Pio. These are my, like, probably my three top go-tos. There's other ones, and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm uh, neglecting <laughs> saints that I love. Okay, but let's start with John Paul II. So John Paul II, I, I love him so much because of his, his story, his heart, and his boldness. He was the apostle of the new evangelization. Um, you know, I, I think if... Uh, if ever we were to come up with an antidote for cancer, that person who discovered this would be it would be just a, a man among men, a woman among women. Just they would be head and shoulders. Just they would be such a powerful person, such an important person. Uh, John Paul II gave the church at exactly the time the church needed it, the world needed it, the antidote to the craziness of the sexual revolution in his great teaching on the human person called the theology of the body, which I've been a student of for gosh, coming up on. 16, 17 years. Um, so it, it's it's his long-studied answer to the question, what does it mean to be human? How do we find happiness? Why are there men? Why are there women? What is the, what is the lens through which to understand the great story of Christianity? And he, like, mining the scriptures, mining the great tradition, he, he just tells us that it's this incredible love story. It makes sense of uh, our hearts, our desires, our bodies, the world. I mean, it's just, it's such a gift. I love I love his boldness, the way that he confronted communism, the way he suffered assassination attempt. Um, I love that uh, his great mantra for the world was, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to open wide the, door, open wide the doors to Christ who, uh, who brings the fulfillment of our heart's desires and the adventure that we're all looking for in life. So I love JP too. I love him so much. Um, okay, the next I said Therese of Lisieux. So uh, Saint Therese of Lisieux, she was uh, she's a doctor of the church. She's a Carmelite nun. She died very young. She was uh, I think she was 24 when she died tuberculosis, and when she died, the sisters of of her uh, cloistered Carmel. Uh, she was you know a Carmelite nun cloistered. Um, the sisters went, when a sister would die, they would circulate to the community a little notification, a little notice about that sister's life, a little blurb, if you will. Um, and when she died, the sisters of her community were like. What are we going to say about her? They had no idea that living in their midst was a woman who would be a doctor of the church, this incredible mystic, this incredible saint. 
they had no idea that like right there in their midst was this incredible nuclear powerhouse of sanctity. Um, but it's because she lived what she called the little way, which has been such a huge thing in my own heart. Um, I'll just tell this one little anecdote about Therese that, that has so encapsulated why I love her so much. So uh, her and her father, who's also a saint, Saint Louis Martin, um, they went to the World's Fair. I think it was in Paris. It was the year that the, the elevator was invented, which is kind of funny to think. But uh, it was the first, um, I don't know, prototype where they got to, people at the World's Fair got to see the, this elevator. And you saw people step into the thing and it just hoisted people up into the air. And that, that image made such an impression on Therese. She just saw, like, I'm just, I, I'm so little. I'm so weak. I'm so poor. Like, not in the monetary sense, but spiritually. She saw herself as being so little and so incapable of climbing the great mountain of heroic virtue and sanctity to get to the heights of glory. She's like, I just, I'll never be able to do it. I'm not like Teresa of Avila. I'm not like John of the Cross. I'm not like these great spiritual masters. But she saw in the gospel, Jesus saying, you have to become like a child. Um, she saw in that, and she connected that to the elevator. She said, all I have to do is raise my hands up from my littleness to my good father. And he picks me up and holds me to himself and elevates me to a place even higher than these saints who tried to do it on their own, so to speak. So in my own heart, my own journey with the Lord, uh, Therese and her little way has been so important. Just seeing in my littleness, my poverty, my brokenness, this constant invitation to uh, not to try and do it on my own and self-sufficiency, but to be like a little child and just just to bank on the goodness of my father who just wants to pick me up. Um, so yeah, I love Therese. Okay, and last but not least, Padre Pio. Uh, Padre Pio is, is more or less a contemporary uh, to our modern age. He died in 1968. Um, he was a Franciscan, a Capuchin priest who lived in uh, Italy, San Giovanni Rotondo. Um, I love him because of just the, the the craziness of the stories of his life. Like this was a guy who had the stigmata. This was a guy who levitated in prayer. This was a guy who had the charism of bilocating. He was in two different places at the same time, right? Absolving soldiers on the battlefield while at the same time being in his monastery in San Giovanni Rotondo. What? Right? Like I, I could use some of that grace of bilocation some of these days. Um, he... He could read souls in the confessional. Um, people would come to him and he just knew intuitively what was going on in their soul. Incredible man, absolutely incredible man. Um, was, you know, enemy number one for the enemy. Like Satan attacked him all the time. Um, I love Padre Pio because of his, his humility, his simplicity, and his just like absolute clarity. You know, you hear that phrase that's... that's um, uh, that's credited to him, you know, pray, hope, and don't worry. I love that. I love that. I love how intense he was, but I also love how he was just such a tender father, such a tender father, but at the same time, such a, like a man's man, such a rough and gruff uh, and intense man, but also so tender and so clearly in love with the Lord. So, yeah, those are my saints. Those are my. That's those are some of the the all stars on my spiritual team: John Paul II, Therese Lavoisier, and Padre Pio.